We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We played, uh, you know, three games in a row against a big guy that dominated us. And uh, it's just something we can't handle defensively. I thought we did a good job for a while tonight, but sooner or later they're going to wear you down. And, uh, you know, Bohannon hit a couple threes. But our biggest problem right now is, is really our offense. Uh, we're not getting good movement. Uh, uh, I think when we do get some movement, we've gotten some shots and we haven't made them. But offensively, we've got to be a lot better. But a large part of these three games is we can't handle a guy like the three guys we played against. These are probably three of the better offensive big guys that I've seen. Our young players are making mistakes. You know, we made turnovers in the first half, just silly ones. And, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen. But uh, when Quincy gets in around the basket, he's letting little guys take the ball away from him. He's got to be stronger down there. Joe and Buddy need to shoot for us to be effective. But we've got to get better play out of everybody, really. Elijah, in the beginning of the year, I thought Elijah was really playing great. I thought he was moving the ball, looking for people. Uh, he was about four to five assists a game, and I don't think he's doing that now. I think he's looking to score, and I think he's got to look to help other people, too. If you don't force turnovers, you're not going to get fast breaks. We can't rebound the ball to get up the court. So you can't run without getting some rebounding or getting some turnover situation. Where they were going, who they were going to. So there's a lot of a lot of bad out there. I didn't see much good. So we got we got some work to do, and we'll see what happens Saturday. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it as always. And the universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you the fans a voice. Welcome. Happy, 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 happy Wednesday. Yay. Yay. Hey, Joe, 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 Joe. (laughs) Uh, So, um, well... Uh, we sound really happy and excited, but uh, the Big Ten ACC challenge wasn't much of a challenge for Iowa as they took advantage of a very sloppy Syracuse team on Tuesday. Final score, 68-54. to 54. Um, um, I, I don't... I don't <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. I got a feeling that there might be a couple of these shows, but don't want to beat a dead horse either. So we're going to talk about it. 
we're going to find a silver lining if there if yep. uh I think I think uh there's something to be said about a couple <laughs> We're going to work through this together. Yes, um step back off the cliff. We're here, Sean and Joe, to the rescue. So, anyway, uh before we get started in um all of that uh fantastic doings. First, we got to thank the good folks over at MyBookie, this portion of the show is brought to you by MyBookie, and it doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, MyBookie welcomes all to come and play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Look, if you know what you're getting into when betting online, go ahead and check it out. I recommend MyBookie, as you well know, but if you are not uh, an experienced or if you've never even tried online betting, check it out, see if it's right for you. So uh, if you join... Um, today, you go to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code CHAIR. Uh, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 to jumpstart that bankroll. And um, it's just like always. They're still running this deal, so I would take advantage of it. Um, that's a guaranteed deposit match, dollar for dollar, risk in um, for all the football fans, for all the basketball fans, for you know, reality TV show fans, they got props for everything at my bookie. Go over there, yep. check them all out, sift through them all. Um, so go there, use the promo code chair when you sign up mybookie.ag. Match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie, thank you. So anyway, uh, three straight losses to non-conference opponents. That's the first time since 1979, 1980. I was. That was my one to two year on earth. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden, Syracuse is four and four and 0 and 1 in the ACC. And it's officially Syracuse's worst start since the 1968 69 season. Mm. Uh, Syracuse kept it close at halftime. They were down by one, 30 to 29. But Iowa would break through in the second half, ended up shooting around 52%. While uh, the Orange backcourt of Gerard and Buddy, they combined for four of 18 and 13 points together. Uh, Gerard had made only four field goals in the last three games. He's still hot from the line. He still does the little things, but four field goals in the last three games. Uh, he was 0 for 4, by the way, last night against Iowa in uh, um, threes. But Buddy was one for five. The last three games, Buddy and Gerard have combined to shoot 15 of 65. That's 23%. Um, Elijah, who was averaging 17.9 points a game, he uh, he only scored 10 points. He was three for 13 of shooting. And um, <clears throat> I feel like he was showing a little frustra- frustration. We've talked about how he's trying to – looks like he's trying to do more than he should. You heard – we said that last show, I believe. We heard Coach mention it. Um, so you're starting to show it on his face now. <clears throat> Uh, a little bit. The rebounding gap closed, which is good, uh, from 57 to 28 against Penn State. 37 to 36 last night against the Hawkeyes. It's not terrible. I uh, expected it to be a lot worse. So you can take that away. And also we outscored Iowa in the paint 26 to 24, which I had no idea until I read that stat. Um, but shooting 19 of 52, 36.5% isn't going to get it done. Uh, Mark, with the uh, he led the orange with 12 points. He led the orange with 12 points. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe, um, I mean that, I mean, what do you say? I mean, obviously we've got issue shooting. You've got, you got your two starting point guards. Haven't done diddly squat in three games, three games. And, right. um, you know, we did close the gap on rebounding against a very good rebounding team actually held, uh, um, 
Luca to what? Well, I mean, well, we didn't hold him to twenty five points. He scored twenty five points, but he only <laughs> he only got nine rebounds. So I guess you know he didn't get the double double that he's been averaging this, this so so far this season. Yeah. So well, based upon obviously the conversations that we had with James and coming into this game, we knew kind of what to look for and what to hope not to see happen. And in the first half, I thought it looked okay with Garza and everything. And in the second half, he just came out, made pretty much all his shots. Their guards started shooting or making their threes. Weisskamp, he, he seemed to just make everything all night. So um, they're just an, an older, just um, more experienced team that doesn't lack any confidence issues. And then they know their roles. They know their team. And then they play together well. Uh which is obviously our biggest issues right now, right? So um, we yeah, just we're absolutely. we're just we're a young team, and, and it's very rare that I mean, yes. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom, a performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Every year, most players do have different roles, but not every year is it a turnaround or a turnover to where everybody on your roster has to come in and play a role that they haven't played at that level yet. And that's, I think, what we're looking at. Um... And uh, that's just um, it's just there's growing pains in the way that this new season is with the, the 20 conference games. And now we're playing one of the conference games in the first game of the season. And now our next game on Saturday uh, is a conference game on the road, um, patching these five tough games against major um, opponents in the middle of the non-conference. I mean, it's just it's not the same type of year. So when you spit out those records and you, you talk about the losses and this and yeah, it looks bad. But um, like Beheim said, every one of those teams, they look to be, you know, you know tournament type teams and uh, they have the size that we don't. So, again, in a normal 13 game, you know, previous season, non-conference schedule, you start with 
you know, a lot of the, the gimme games and you kind of get your teams going, get them on a roll. But, you know, we started with Virginia. Then we had the, you know, few gimme games, uh, four gimme games. And then it goes right back to this five game stretch. And then it's going to be another three kind of games against the smaller teams. So uh, after that, but um, that's another thing that we kind of have to understand and navigate through this season is that we did kind of look at it as not, I don't want to say an experiment, but we knew coming into this that, there we, we didn't know what to expect and that it could look ugly at times and now right. not really expecting how the new schedule and how you know the 11 nine conference games and everything in and how the schedule is going to get set up how that was going to pan out too so um i'm kind of pumping the brakes on all that uh I, I honestly obviously don't like the way that the non-conference was set up, especially with the conference games. But uh, I mean, there's nothing we can really do, right? Well, I mean, it's so. kind of it's kind of even for everybody. I mean, the the playing field somewhat right, right. level. Well, I I'm mean, not I'm not saying that it's unfair. I'm just saying that it's unfortunate. I don't like it either. Cons- I don't think. Well, cons- considering the state of our team, right? It's unfortunate. It's probably if we the had worst. Back some it was the experience. Worst, it was the worst case scenario for this team to start with this right. kind of schedule, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a team that's probably the least experienced team that we've probably Joe that we've had in our lifetime. It really no, comes I mean, down to it. It's I don't remember a time where the roster looked this. Yeah. Uh, no, this not even just the youth, but just the inexperience, just in general. Right. So. So, and those things kind of they kind of turn around, and that's what affects everything. Obviously. Uh, it's not that difficult when I mean, you when you read up on it and everything. Uh, listen to some of the the quotes from the Iowa players and stuff. Uh, you know, all they did. I mean, they pressured Buddy and Joe and made them forced them to take bad shots, double teamed them off of the picks, and they kind of just allowed Dolce and Sadibi to kind of do their thing because they are really not afraid of it. No, and that's kind of what every yeah. single team has done, right? So uh, that's not hard. Well, it's not a hard game plan to pick up. So, um, you know, we got to learn and we got to get better and we got to do it fast because these uh, major conference teams, they're, I mean, it's going to be too easy to guard us. Well, it's been, um, it's been too easy. In the case of Mark on the pick and roll, it was the only time where someone was kind of close to him. That was it when he was scooting back off a pick down right. low. That was the only time anyone was close to him. Any other time, um, everybody was paying attention to Buddy and Gerard. I mean, they yeah. had three guys on those two, and he actually had. That's why he was actually to be a little bit successful, um, because he did get space when they weren't doing the pick and roll. So when they were doing the pick and roll, really, you know, Sadibi is like, I, I'm really confused on Sadibi and what like he's trying to do sometimes, just in general. Right. Like, I mean, sometimes he's he's sometimes I think he's dribbling too much. I mean, he just he makes me nervous. It's a couple people in certain situations that make me nervous on this team, but again, like I said, it's just just figuring out the roles, and it's just unfortunate that we have to play these type of teams in this. And obviously, I think it probably could be better in the long run. Well, it it could, and and again, that's the other thing too. Is I mean, I was going to throw it out there because nobody wants to what you know, um, chalk it up as you know. You to take everything out of it, you know. I, I just you're gonna obviously want to take everything out of a loss as you possibly can, but um, people want to see W's, right? I mean, and, obviously playing against talent and stuff like that and, might and, help them, but I mean, you, you can argue, especially watching from yesterday, that I mean, I don't know about you, but it looked to me it looked like some. I, I don't want to say 
one way or another. But like Joe Girard last night compared to pos- like Joe Girard other games, like it just looked like his his confidence has gone away a little bit, you know. And that stuff that like again playing against competition and playing like that and not trying to figure stuff, you know, not figuring out your roles and knowing what you know your full team and rotation looks like. Yeah, sometimes like you said, it can help, but sometimes you know it can hurt if it takes away the confidence. Well, I mean, we do have a couple games after Georgetown. Georgetown got their own struggles, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so uh, they've got their issues. But after Georgetown, we got some games that are, you know, yeah, some, three more, of them. some more winnable games, three in a row. And, you know, you, you, when it comes to doing, like, there's not, like, a ton of analysis to give. I mean, Joe does a great job with kind of, trying to look outside the box and we try to be a little bit more positive but you know we're only going to be able to do it before long I mean we're trying to keep we're trying to remain optimistic because there's still a lot of time left guys obviously if you read I mean if you read stuff on Twitter from us and well from me because Joe doesn't really tweet but uh, (laughs) that's mostly me and you know I can you know sometimes I put the truth out there but when you step back and you look at this a day after the game and you really look at it, it's been eight games. It's been eight games. What does that leave us? 22? So, I mean, you know, there's a long way to go. Our ACC schedule isn't terrible. It's, it's, it's probably one of the best-case scenarios we could have with this team on that end. And we play Virginia twice, but we only got to play them one more time. You know what I'm saying? So, right. um, you, you know, you look at the Duke and, and the UNC, that's one game each. You know, that could be, shoot, that could be four between them on a, on a, right. on a bad year. Right. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. I mean, like I said, I always try to look for the silver lining. And, and again, there's a chance where, you know, maybe it takes, like what Bayham said, longer than he thought. You know, I would like to think that the team is going to progress and get better to the point where we are, you know, competitive in the ACC and we can get into the tournament. Uh, eh. But again... Well, I mean, obviously, like I said, that's how that's how I would like to right. feel. But again, it's <laughs> there's you just never know. It could happen. It could not. I mean, it, like I said, things have happened. It seems they do progress throughout the season. You know, and some people can call them excuses. You know, I like to call them reasons to try to kind of talk myself into believing why certain things are the way that they I, are. I, I totally uh, agree but, with that. Is it, and at the end of the day, like I said, uh, right now they got to fix things. It's as cut and dry as we can't stop big men and other teams that have big men rebounding and scoring down low, which affects our whole two, three zone. And on offense, we don't really have our whole roles cut out and we only have, you know, three guys that can, and if Mark Mark's got to get his confidence up, but right now there's only three guys that other, that other teams are worried about. Yeah. And if they leave it up to Mark and Doljai to beat us, or sorry, Mark and Sadibi to beat us, then they got a good chance. And it comes down as much as that. It's just as easy as that. Someone else has to do so. something to take attention away. I mean, you have yep. to be able to spread the defense. And it's just not Gary doing... can come up. I mean, again, I've yeah. seen... And he's been... He's shown flashes. He's flashes, yeah. But like, like Coach said, he's getting the ball taken away from him by little guards and, and things like yep. that. And that was, you know, that was Chuku's yeah. problem. I mean... Well, yeah, and a lot of times when he does get the ball passed to him, he does look like... He plays a little hot potato right there real quick before he catches it. There's not a lot of clean catches all the time from him. There's again, a, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those really not nifty, tricky, but quick, no look type things where he's just not, yeah. he's just not catching well, those. Yeah. And Sadiq yeah, is not catching no. those. 
No, well, Sadibi, you know, but I'm saying even Garrier, like, you know, there's times where he bobbles the ball when the ball gets to him where he could have an easier. But those are catchable uh, balls. Easier those go Those are plays at, yeah, that should be yeah. made. Well, like last night, you know, Sadibi was in a situation where if he was on the same level as Elijah, he would have rolled and he would have got a no-look pass dunk. But instead, Elijah threw the pass and it just went flying out of bounds because just there's we're not there. And that's right. like I like I talked to you about last night. Um you can see the frustration on Elijah's face, and it's just I feel bad for him because there's just not too many players on his team right now that are at the level that he's at. And he's so not going to be he's not going to be able to put this team on his shoulders and try to take it either. And no, because no. And to be perfectly honest with you, as as much as we know he's the best player, and that you know that we want him to score and take shots, I don't want it to be another. Tyus battle situation or any like that where we got one guy just kind of taking over the game. Yeah. One-on-one, that kind of stuff. You know, the bottom line is, is that we have to grow as a team and get better. You know, if one person tries to do it, then it's just going to hurt the rest of the team. I and mean, we saw that in football. And you so. know, back to Gary, a he's shown, he's shown really, um, He's shown that he was very physical against Penn State. Oh, well, very physical, but he was probably one of the more physical ones against Penn State. He did a great job. But when a ball's on the ground coming at you, man, and you got open area, like, and you kick it instead of just reach, it's like a natural reaction to kick the damn thing or what. But that's basically, a, you know, just turn the ball over. Yeah. And then trying yeah. to chase a ball that you know is out on. Yeah. Iowa. Or what and was you it? That pass that it. went out of bounds, and you go to catch it. Yeah, he would try to like just little yes. things like that. Yeah, you could easily just let it go. Just let it go. Nobody touched it. Yeah. So just like I said, just little things like that. And, and you just gotta and, shore up, and that's just what freshmen do. And I'm no great prophet or anything, but I still contend that uh, these these games will mostly go the way of the matchup down low, and that's gonna be something. They're just they're not always gonna have those you know, matchups down low the way they've been getting them. But, um, uh, you know, it's, there's a few of them and there's another one coming up. Well, I mean, there's, well, there's some big guys out there uh, and that's one thing, but, uh, I mean, you could tell, I mean, Luca Garza is a skilled offensive player around the rim, you know, Watkins is is a skilled, you know, um, who's the other guy, your, your and I from, uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma State. State. Yeah. He was pretty good down there. Definitely a really good uh, shot blocker. So, you know, Diakiti with Virginia, those guys, uh, they're all upperclassmen, big guys that can act that actually have What's legitimate way. Oh, I don't know. But I mean, he's a legit NBA player. Like there's there's just there's legit big men with le- with legit offensive skills down low that we've been playing against. There's not not every big man is going to be like that. So, again, that might help with the offensive rebounds and stuff like that. But we were playing against true big men with true offensive skill around the basket. 224, 6'9", 224. So, I mean, he's not that big, but he's skilled. No, no. He's got I mean, that he's mid-range not jumper, though. Well, they, had, they have Huff, too. Oh, true. Yeah, they had Huff and him as their center and their power forward. So, just yeah. like Penn State, they had the upperclassmen with Watkins and uh, what's the other guy there? I forget his name, but it was the other senior there that had, had the Lamar Stevens. He had the most starts or um, over a hundred something starts or something like that on the team. He was a senior, so um, you know Garza is a junior. So we're just we're playing upperclassmen, big, good offensive, offensively skilled uh, big men. All right. Well, there's we could go on and on and on, but there's more yep, to talk yep, about, yep. and we're going to bring it in with fan feedback. But as always, fan feedback, folks, is brought to us by Blue Chew. Now, remember, 
Um, you know, if you want to re- increase your performance and get extra confidence when it counts, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person's doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness, Joe. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR. Try it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for supporting this podcast. Remember, guarantees, uh, promises no guaranteed results, and it does not cure disease. Joe. So, uh, fan feedback was as as feedbacky as you thought it would be. So, yeah, I, I, don't I, know, I don't know how to put it, but uh, what do you say we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do. At the end of every game, I propose the question, thoughts on the game. That prompts you to give your thoughts on the game. It's just that simple. It's not like rocket science, like buy, sell, or hold, for crying out loud. Right, right, right. <laughs> right yeah. Way easier. Way easier than that. So, top fan. Look, I turn these top fan things on Facebook. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. You know, Shows up in the comments, I know. Yeah, dude, it's fun. So, uh, top fan Steven says, I'm sorry, but right now, my man Sadibi is looking like Chukup 2.0. Ooh. Ooh, boy, without the defense or rebounds, Dole is all right, but cannot play five at all. I am with you on that. I don't think he should either. Uh, I think they're going away from that. We need some big man help ASAP. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, it's not no. like we can go pick up a free agent, so I, I don't really know what you want me to do. It's I'm not like Sadibi's going to put on 30 pounds in the middle oh, of the season, or Jesse Edwards for that matter. I just don't uh, – again, uh, Beheim's going to play the people he's confident with, and we have who we have. So It, it is what it is. Just, it is what it is. You know, right. I just Like I talked Years about with of, roles, you know, yeah. he's got to step up. I mean, we talked about Dolzhai. Again, he had another one of those fouls that we talked about. Where, oh, really stupid one, third you know, one too. Uh, you know what I mean? Just the third dumb. one too. We don't. You can't do that. He can't no. do that this year. And just like this year, we need him to score. I, mean, I know last year. Last year it was like, oh, if Dolce had, if he gave us a double double or did something like that, or you know, he scored points, then it would put us over the edge. Like this year, we need him to score to win. So again, that's the new role he's trying to take on. And again, Sadibi, he's trying to take on that role where he's actually got to be the reliable center in the middle. And, you know, so, again, those those are the new roles that they're trying to figure out and just happens to be playing the first four out of their eight games against big men that are tough, tough for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Top fan Daryl, our buddy Daryl, he says, this is a young team. Yes, we're bad now, but this team will learn from these losses. I will say this. I love Coach Jim, but at some point, 
people really need to start asking the question, 44 years has been a good run. That, that wasn't a question, though. That was a statement. 44 years has been a good yeah. run. <laughs> right. 44 years has been a good run. And, you well, know... I think he's saying the question. I know, I know, Joe. Knows it's what a joke. the question is. It's a joke, Joe. These are jokes. Oh, okay. These are right. jokes. I, I couldn't tell. Okay? I really thought you didn't get it. Sorry oh, about that. Okay. I know well, that you sometimes are a little slow funny. to catch on, so... It's really... It's not funny. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No one laughs at my jokes. Okay. I didn't know it was a joke. <laughs> um, no, Daryl, you're right. Daryl keeps the optimism, but puts a little bit of truth in there. I mean, you can have your opinions on Coach. I don't think I, I don't think I'm ready to have a huge discussion about it on the air. We've mentioned certain things that may come up um, now, but I think Daryl has got a good positive attitude. You know, I mean, we're bad now, but like Joe, we said, you know, th- these are tough losses that this team can learn from. I think, you know. You don't grow without adversity, you know, right. it, it, not unless you're blue chip, you know, you have to overcome something. OK, and that's what this that's what it's going to have to be. They're going to have to hang their hats on adversity, but they got to they got to overcome it first. And right now right. they're just drowning. So, um, yeah. Well, and again, this is you, you wonder if this is the actual fi- the final effects of those years that we didn't have those extra scholarships right where we could have got some of those extra oh absolutely you know, but there's a because we could have yeah. built that depth then so then but instead we kind of sure. stuck with sure. so now all of a sudden we get those those scholarships back and now we got recruiting classes of four and five kids back to back years now you got nine underclassmen that are still trying to figure stuff out so again um with this roster i would i would but hold on, hold on. To that coach. point, to that point, though, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'll let you finish. But to that point, I didn't choose this. I ch- didn't choose this comment, but it is in here, and I don't remember where it is. But someone mentioned that about losing all of those um, draft picks, all those uh, scholarships, and you know he compares it to well Louisville. Look at Louisville right now, and they had hookers. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So they lost a lot too. But, you know, they're still, maybe they're still on the residual, but, um, you know, that's it's just, right? Again, yeah. I mean, there's different things that go with that. I mean, it's two different situations. So, uh, <laughs> I don't really know exactly how much Louisville did lose. And I, I'm not, like, except for the championship, I can't even remember. That's right, all, that's, that's what that's I'm saying. You know, and since then, they've actually changed the coach. I don't know about the athletic director, not that whole culture. So, um yeah, I don't really – and plus Louisville is a little bit more relevant as far as winning national championships as far as I guess. relatively more sooner than we have. The same we amount. Have. Yeah, well, right. Okay. Well, we have the same – we might have the same amount, but at the end of the day, it's, it's more – it's been more recent than us. It's been so. within a decade. So Right. Uh, well, let's just say Louisville has been a better, more relevant team than we have in probably the past five to eight, ten years, right? So. Yeah. Um, Skip on Facebook, not a top fan, but we're still going to take his comment anyway. Uh, One day you might get there. Yeah, you keep commenting, you might. This team is the re- uh, this team is the result of allowing a fantastic recruiter who was promised head coaching job to leave and never return. I do not see any ACC level athletes on this SU team at all this year. Coach Hopkins should have been given his opportunity as promised. Now, <clears throat> now, now SU is this. Question mark. Now as you as this? So, see how I changed the inflection? Because there you a question go. Mark at nice. The end? Uh, so, I like it. So, well, in 
a little bit of like I agree with I agree with some of this, but there is an aspect to Coach Hopkins leaving where he had an opportunity to go get become closer with his family, and I think his dad had dementia, and that was like you know that was like almost like. You know, his I don't want to say it was his reason for leaving because I don't really know if it was his reason for leaving, but I mean that that definitely went into went into it. So to head back to right. Washington and be close to his family. But with that said, with that said, it was expected and we all thought it for years and just thought it was we would have bet the bank on it that Coach Hopkins was going it was going to be the head coach of Syracuse sooner than later. And so right. we all remember how that went down. So Yeah. Well, and again, too, he's he's doing a great job over in Washington. He's doing awesome. Uh, right. Just say it. He is. Yeah. He, well, he is doing awesome. But again, I mean, it, you never know, obviously, how long. I mean, obviously, we had like the little we've talked about it before, like when he coached Syracuse and everything like that. So uh, obviously, I'm always going to look at it as the jury's still out. Uh, but true. I can tell you one thing as far as head coach, as far as him recruiting, completely different story. So. Um, yeah, that's basically the one thing that I've noticed ever since Hopkins has been gone. We haven't really recruited a player to a point where I don't want to say we haven't like, it's just the recruits that have been able to come in and make an instant impact have kind of gone yeah, there, down. There haven't kind of been seen that. any. Well, Name I don't one. know if O'Shea Brissett was him or not, but. Well, okay. That's probably okay, well, like the only one yeah, right now that I can think of, and that. possibly an Elijah Hughes transfer. But yeah, well, also ex- had experience playing college ball. Right, but I look at the players that he's got, who he got now. I mean, again, like I said, just if we had Isaiah Stewart on this team, it would be a completely different team, and that probably would have happened if Hopkins was here. So, again, um, that's and where who knows I see. what else. Well, yeah, but that's what I see. Right. Um, that's what I see the major difference with obviously with Hopkins going away. And he did talk about him being recruiting a, a recruiter, a very good recruiter. So yeah. Uh, James, not a top fan, but we'll take his uh, comment anyways. I never in my life seen people leave with nine minutes to go in a game. Sad state right now. Maybe time for Jimmy to ride off into the sunset. Well, I mean, they were, with nine minutes left, everybody could see the writing on the wall. Whether or not you think that's okay to leave or okay to stay um, at, you know, pushing nine o'clock on a Saturday night, that's up to your discretion. I don't blame people for leaving. Uh, probably not my jam, but uh, I'm no. definitely not going to fan shame for it, especially with a performance like that. Right. Uh, as far and as I mean, I mean, I don't know. Do you know? I mean, the weather up there was it well, bad? I mean, I, was it not? I don't think it was last night during the game, but obviously there was conditions were not great. Well, I mean, so. I was wondering why there really wasn't as many fans. Well, I, thought thinking probably, that, I thought that yeah. was going to be a packed crowd, right? I know, so right? When mm-hmm. I saw that, I'm yeah. thinking, well, they must they must be having a snowstorm I, or something. Yeah, I thought I so too, but I didn't even look. Right. So, so. again, uh, nine minutes is a little bit too early for me, unless you're getting beat by 30. But yeah. um, I'd like to think at that point there's still a chance for a comeback. But again, like you said – the writing is on the wall, and I do think that um, you can see how until, sluggish well, until they this, were too. Until, yeah, and until this team shows something different against that type of opponent, then um, I really can't blame them. Again, like you said, not my thing. I probably would have stayed a little bit longer, but yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. 
at yep. Oil Cuse on Twitter. Sean and Joe, and he spells my name right, Captain Patrick. Hats off to you. Geo still can't do it right. So, Geo, if you're listening, it's S-H-A-W. S-E-A-N? That's what Geo puts, yeah. I spell it like an American. Sean. S-H-A-W-N. For anybody who cares, which is probably none of you. Sean and Joe, this is the worst Cuse basketball team I've ever seen. <laughs> I can't handle much more of this. With these types of games, my bourbon collection is dwindling down fast. Oof. Well, oof. Cap, well, Cap. You know what to ask for, for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, post it up. Post it up. I've seen his bar, actually. He's, he, he tweeted out a picture of his bar one time. So oh, it's yeah. very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, it's, they've been some stressful games, man. I'm right there with you. So, yeah, it's, um, here's my thing. You know what's difficult about covering, you know, we're going on close to three years of covering every just about every football and basketball game for three years. And it's our, actually our fourth basketball season. And it just can't be like this all the time, can it? <laughs> There's got to be something else to come and talk about. There just has to be. And that's why we try to find <laughs> different angles, you know, even right. when things are good, right, Joe? I mean, it's just, you know. So yeah. it's going to get hard. I think it could get worse before it gets better, in fact. Because Jim Beheim's never lost five games in a row, and that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. It is a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's possible. So well, well, at, at three, obviously. four is <laughs> well. I know, but I know, but I'm just saying four is. I think his 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 um yeah. his worst run was four. So we're at three yeah. now. So at Tony yeah, Steffi, and going on the road against an ACC opponent isn't. It doesn't help things, and then going on the road again. After that, to play Georgetown, what we don't know what kind of Georgetown team we're going to get anymore, I don't think. No, don't bring any belongings to the locker room. <laughs> yeah, right. Or your, <laughs> or your sister. So <laughs> Don't leave it on the bus. Yeah. At Tony Staffieri uh, on Twitter, now that they have achieved the trifecta of losing to mid-level Power 5 teams, it's safe to say this team has no worries on Selection Sunday. They have no shot of making the tournament. Well, if you're <laughs> along the lines and nothing's going to change, this is going to be the team for the rest of the year, then you're absolutely right. Tony, I think that they, I don't think this is going to be the team we see at the end of the year, but if I had to buy, sell, or hold, they have no shot of making the tournament, Joe. If I had to buy, sell, or hold that, I wouldn't even, I don't think I'd even hold right now. I really don't. I think I'd, I think I'd buy that. I'm not just. I'm, I'm just saying. Obviously, realistically, it could be a hold, but I have not seen anything to tell me that I should even hold. I would have to buy it. I'd hold, but <laughs> of course you would. Of course you would, because you That's always leave me out to dry. You always leave me out to dry, Joe. Well, you yell at me when I pick the same things as you when we actually do do bad buy, sell, or hold, and now you want me to agree with you? Okay, I see how it is. Oh, Double man. standard. I know. I can't. You can't win for losing. At Doug Vaughn fan. It's my life. Jim, Jim is playing the blame game, never takes responsibility. I feel he's losing the team. Um, You notice when things are really, really bad in press conferences with Coach? His de- how his demeanor is not like really angry, like when things are occasionally bad or like, during a bad game or just like you know what I'm saying. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's very calm and just straightforward. He's had his head down the whole time. I mean, he knows, man. It's not good. Yeah, he well, knows. Sounds surprised. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not like like, but in the in the past, he's he gets angry because he knows that right. Like that he they knows do that there's there's better. They should be better. They, they, yeah. There's yeah. players that should play better. Yeah. Yeah. And at gets, this point, it's kind of just like we got to get better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of coach speak, but like he's being honest. Like you can tell he gets angry when he knows when he, when he, when the players aren't meeting expectations. Um, and in this right. situation, I, I think it's almost like, like I don't want to say defeated, but is, is he, <laughs> is he playing the blame game? Is he not taking, re- well, obviously he's not no. taking responsibility, but is he playing the blame game? That's not about response. I mean, a guy like that probably, I mean, He's 44 years, man. So like, and that's where when people call for his head and say, "Though this is it's eight games," like I think he's earned the respect to be able to give him a full palette for a whole season to see what's up. Yeah, you know? obviously, but sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, what about Tyler's idea, though? He said that on the air, right? What? Oh, yeah. Did he say it on the yeah. air? I, did he I say don't it know on if the he air? did or not. So, okay, I mean, if, if, we should. I'll hold on that. <laughs> okay, so, <okay>. yeah, <laughs> no. And at the end of the like again, um, I think he said just, it off the air. By the way, so yeah, probably so, best way. But in his up. press conferences, like I said, that's that's his platform to motivate his players. That's another way to reach, kind of reach his players and kind of get them yeah, to yeah, yeah. work on and, and we've always talked about that. So, yeah, but, but, um, but I didn't doesn't, see not, I'm yeah. not saying it always works, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what do you want him to do? You Sit know, up there and just say, Bulp, it's my fault. Well, it, no, these players, these well, players are I mean, good enough to win. I'm just screwing the pooch. I mean, what do you, what do you want him to say? <laughs> I know I get it. They're not ready. He come out and say what it is. They're not ready. It's not a blame and, and, game. And if, it, and if I didn't agree with that, I guess I'd have a better argument, right? So I mean, I agree with that. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to take the side of well, he should be blaming himself because I don't know what he's blaming. What he would blame himself for? I guess I don't know. Right. Now, I do if he's think, out there, I do think. If he's out I do, there, I do think there's a disconnect with the age gap. There could be something like that. Yeah, well, and I'll go. I'll that, go that far. Yeah. I'll go that far. Well, yeah, I think that that's a lot to do with everything. That's a lot sure. to do with. I mean, the media nowadays and the way that he attacks it in the way that they attack things and stuff like that. So again, I mean, the world has changed a lot in the, the years that he's been in Syracuse. Um, yeah, but I don't think um, he's pretty much kind of stayed true to who he is for the most part. So I mean, I'd be willing to bet that the press conference he gave yesterday is probably the press conference that he gave. Back in '69 or '78 or '79, wherever when they lost four in a row. So, by the um, way, by the way, Virginia just got crushed by Purdue. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I'm not really looking. I'm not really liking the ACC's chances of uh, winning this. The ACC uh, challenge, challenge, yeah. Um, But um, but here, here, let's 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 move on though. At Nick Sweetland, one uh, didn't have much hope for this team coming into the game. Garza was a force down low. Q lacks Q's lacks strength. They have been they have been since the days of Onowaku. Nice to see Dolezal uh, realize he's better than he thinks. Tough game to watch. Yeah, see, the Dolezal's problem is well, they haven't. In I would say Onowaku. What do you do? We what do you think, Joe? 
Didn't we think of one one time? I don't remember if it was on the show. I or... thought, I mean, Christmas is yeah, probably right, the most Christmas. recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, I don't know about um, Dolzai for this reason. He's too streaky with his shooting. Like, he'll have a really good game, and then he'll have going, and then he'll be terrible for three games, but he does the little things. And so that's how he is. I don't know if no. I expect that to change. You I don't know. I mean, the way that Beheim talked about it, uh, that he, he, I mean, he said it the past couple games or whatever that he can shoot better, and I think it's just a confidence thing. I mean, I think last night you saw it in certain aspects. I mean, throughout the season he's made good plays around the basket trying to get the ball to CDB and stuff like that, and obviously he, he makes the hustle plays. But last night, I mean, he hit a, a mid-range jump shot and he hit a three-pointer. So, I mean, when his confidence is, is up, and he's open in the play. The he's other teams will be open. Yeah. He's got to be able to make that shot. He's going to be open quite a bit. Uh, at Q's Waterboy, so disheartening. Might be in store for a very rough year. There's zero fire there. I'd kill for someone, whether it be Bayheim or one of the players, to just lose it and start screaming just to show some passion. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Elijah should I'll be get on one. that. Yeah, I feel like Elijah should be down there. Doing something to pump this team up. And he pumps them up when things are going good. He gets loud. He screams. He does his thing. Right. But when things are down, you got to be able to huddle your guys and be a leader. I mean, in, in, yeah. and we're not, you know, I'm not saying hey, he's not a leader. We're not going there. But I'm just saying that's what leaders do. When your team is like that, yeah. you, you try to pump everybody up. You bring everybody, you bring everybody back up to your level, even if you don't even buy it yourself. Right. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Well, Right, and again, this goes back to the the new role situation, right? Uh, I mean, last year, I don't even know if they had a vocal leader like that. They did. Uh, I don't know how many long. I don't know how many years it's been since they have. Long time. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's a new role that's got to be incumbent on somebody, and most likely that is probably a freshman right now that is struggling. So, and sometimes it's hard for a freshman to come on and just take on a leadership role. Especially when you're struggling early, so yeah. I mean, to I mean, you, me, to you, me, that's Gerard, and I mean, I think you saw it early when he was playing well, when he came in and played okay um, against Virginia, yeah. and then played the well in those four wins. Um, but now I think he's gotten a little dose of reality, and I think that he's uh, again he's admitted openly admitted that um, that he's never been deed up like some of these last couple of games. So. Uh, yeah, he's definitely getting um, a crash course on uh, what uh, major conference division one basketball is all about. Yeah, it's so. the speed of it, and we kind of expected we expected him to to have to go through a learning curve with the speed of the game. And you see, most it. players do, man. Yeah, most yeah, players yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at strict thirty one, uh, we we don't run any offensive sets. A high pick, uh, a high ball screen, pick and roll, eighty times a game is not an offense. At the collegiate level, Syracuse will not finish 500 this year. Um, yeah, well, we've talked numerous times about the, the pick and roll and how uh, not only awful it is, but how ineffective it is, and it continues to be done. And I did see some hand signals on offense, but I didn't notice a play. Again, um, plays, rotations, different things like that. I think that um, more or less... A lot of times we do rely on some some pick and roll one on one. Well, not a lot of times. That's what we've been doing the past couple of years. But the pick and roll, um, they have different motions and stuff like that. And then motions is just like basic little thing. You just go through and um, you move, you pick for each other. You, you know, backdoor cut those type of things. You know, try to set the defense up. And 
again, though, for that to work, everyone's got to know what they're doing. They got to be able to kind of move together. Um, and you know, some, you know, the picks got to be solid and, you know, everything's got to kind of work. And again, that takes time, just like an offensive line coming together and having to work together. So, um, that's just one of those things that comes with this whole thing. Like, again, we, I don't, I don't understand where the surprise is. Uh, we talked about it coming into the season about yeah, we how young we were and how, yeah, we were excited to see how they were going to grow and what it was going to be like without, you know, the guys that we had the past couple of years, cause it was going to be a new type of team. Well, we got nine freshmen and sophomores. This is just the beginning of it. And we, we talked about it. Um, this is going to be more of a watch them, see what they are in the beginning and, and see where they can end up near the end. But um, I don't think there was any guarantees ever. So I, I don't understand the surprises. Yeah. And maybe it's not surprise. Maybe it's disappointment, but either way we did talk about it. Now I'll be the first one to admit that I didn't set expectations because I kind of had a feeling where this team was going to be, but even the even with that said, I'm just seem optimistic in, at heart. And when I go into these games, I feel like we could should win, and it's disappointing. And to see us that bad, this bad, it's disappointing. I wouldn't it's say just, should. Well, at this point, I wouldn't say should either. <laughs> uh, I, like I said, I never, yeah. I never, th- unless we're playing against Colgate Cornell, I don't think should. Okay, well, all right, whatever. Don't mince my words. You know what I'm saying. So I just think that it's disappointing for people to to um, you know see a team that's struggling this bad and is this awful on offense. So yeah, I mean, look, I, I get it. People want to see, you know, people want to see us win, right? And when you see Buddy the way he shot last year and the way you know Elijah can score and every single time, every game that we're on TV, you got some telecaster talking about how Joe Girard scored almost 5,000 points in New York history. Like, so I get it. I get that the hype is there and I get that people expect certain things. But, um, uh, yeah, there's there's growing pains. And it doesn't really matter how many points you score in high school. Um, there's growing pains. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. Absolutely. All right. Well, it is on to Georgia Tech. Let's do it. Do it. Syracuse will head south to play Georgia Tech on Saturday at noon. The um, the game will be on ACC Network. The all-time series between the two teams sits at 5-6 and six in favor of the Yellow Jackets. Uh, Tech sits at 3-2, and 1-0 oh in the ACC. Uh, and with the single victory coming over NC State, eighty-two to eighty-one, they're led by six-foot-five sophomore guard Michael Devoe. He's hitting fifty-four percent of his shots, averaging twenty-three point four points a game. And then we have six-ten, two hundred and fifty-pound senior forward James Banks the third. He uh, leads the team in rebounding with nine point eight. And he's hitting 50% of his shots from the field, averaging 13.4 points a game. So, uh, again, a close double-double average. And he'll be the match down low. Joe, I mean, here we go. Another big guy uh, down low having to deal with. um, So, uh, get your thoughts on this. uh, But along with that is a a sharp shooting guard, too. And um, in... um, in uh, DeVoe, he's he's hitting like 60, over 60% of his three-point shots. Right. Yeah, he's the main guy. He's uh, a sophomore, 6'5", sophomore, and uh, Josh Passner's uh, highest-rated recruit since he's been in Georgia Tech. Um, and obviously, it, it was last year's class. So um, him coming up, uh, 
he's definitely right now. I believe going into today, he was the leading scorer going into the ACC, and he scored uh, twenty six points, seven rebounds, and seven assists tonight. And they just beat Nebraska by seventeen at home. So he is uh, a really, really good player, um, especially offensively. And again, like you talked about, James Banks. Um, now, James Banks, he was one of those guys that I was telling that I was talking about as far as he's a big guy. Um, but he's not really as skilled around the basket as some of the big guys that we've already played against this year. Um, he blocked eight shots against Bethune Cookman last game. Um, so he is a shot blocker and that's something you have to worry about. And obviously rebounds, offensive rebounds, those type of things. But, um, he's not the type of guy that's going <clears> to, <throat> you know, get the ball and and score like, uh, like Garza, Garza did. I mean, he only took six shots tonight. So, um, Again, just looking at uh, some of the last po- uh, past box scores, um, some of the uh, obviously you got you know Michael DeVoe who's shooting a lot of the shots, um, and it looks like a lot of the guards. I mean, tonight they they're they're three guards that played put up 16 three pointers. So um, between that and their forward Moses Wright is a six nine two hundred thirty pound junior. Um, he went eight of 14, scored 18 tonight as well. So, uh, they get scoring from all different places, but when you really look down the line, I mean, James Banks, six ten two fifty, Moses Wright, six nine two thirty, Khalid, Khalid Moore, six seven two hundred pounds. Um, uh, on the bench, Evan Cole, six ten two twenty five. Uh, I mean, they got three guys that are over six, nine that are, are bigger than Sidibe for the most part. Um, mm. now the one thing to really look at, um, with this matchup, and I don't know if you remember him, but uh, Jose Alvarado, their point guard, is he's been their point. He's a junior, so he's been a point guard the past two years. He's been really, uh, really good defensive player, um, and he actually uh, hurt his ankle earlier in the season. Actually, the first game of the season uh, against NC State, um, which they did beat actually at NC State, the first game of the season, and then they uh, beat Elon at home. And he didn't play against Elon. Um, next game, they traveled to Georgia, lost by four points. He tried to play. I guess it's severely sprained ankle. He tried to play, got about 17 minutes, but uh, he really struggled. And I don't know if he retweaked it or not. And he hasn't played in the game since. Um, and, and after that, they lost a, a, a close game by, by one at home against Arkansas. Or that might have been actually um, a neutral court game. And then they uh, actually just barely squeaked out a win against Bethune Cookman last week uh, by three. So, um, and he didn't play again tonight either, but I did see him kind of moving around. So if he actually does come back from this uh, sprained ankle, that's definitely, definitely going to help them because right now they, uh, they're running a three guard lineup and one of them is relying on a, a six, five freshman. And then the other one is uh, a junior, but he's five ten, So he gives up a little bit of size as far as on the guard side goes. So, uh, if Jose Alvarado doesn't play, then we definitely uh, get a little bit of an advantage there on the guard side. Um, get a couple of them on foul trouble, and then that might be able to help us. But realistically, uh, it's just stopping these big guys from from getting off the boards. But um, I'm not as as afraid of their big guys around the basket based upon their offensive skill. Well, Don't that, get me wrong, though. Was, still a good team. Yeah, that was good, though. I mean, but I mean, you, you got to think too. You got what's today? Today's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you got two days basically to make a decision. And um, you know, we all remember him from last year. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of a big deal. But um, 
you know, we'll see what happens. Either way, uh, we're going to play what we got to play. And I don't know if it right. matters a whole lot uh, what ends up, who ends up on the court. I mean, an advantage is an advantage, and I'll take it. But Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, if, if he were to play full strength, that's somebody that, that it would give Joe Girard problems. So, oh, yeah, that's uh, not saying much. I'm not sure if that's saying much. What do you mean? I'm saying that. I'm saying that you, I've seen Joe Girard that, struggle against less talented guards anyway. Well, so. yeah, but I mean, this guy is, I mean, his de- his specialty is defense. So again, I mean, he mm-hmm. would give him more problems than the last two guys right. that he played yeah, against. I got so, yeah, yeah. So um, again, the one thing to look at with this team though, is that again, they have been missing Alvarado for the most part, but they, other than the Elon game, every game that they played has been within four points. I mean, out of the way, other than tonight, because they won by 17, but I don't know how good Nebraska is. But, I mean, they beat Bethune-Cookman by three and NC State by one, lost to Arkansas by one, lost to Georgia at Georgia by four. So, um, and I watched Georgia play. I know they're a decent squad. So, now this team isn't a pushover. Passner was a good coach at Memphis. Um, and I know that I think, I believe that they're not eligible for the tournament this year because of some type of NCAA violations, but... I wouldn't be surprised if Pastner don't try to turn that around as motivation. So, good coach, and you could tell the team was getting better um, just a few years since Pastner's got there. So, um, definitely another game that makes me nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we. By the way, I think we played Georgia Tech twice, so this will be the first meeting, another early meeting before conference play, and then um, yep, a few more games. One, two, three, one, two, three, four games, right? And then conference play, is that it? So, uh, Georgetown and then three others, yeah. So Yeah, four games till conference play then. So Right. All right. Yeah. Well, look, that was that was a good that was one of Joe's best uh previews. Very good, Joe. Well done. Thanks, man. All right. Look, I want to thank Blue Chew. Go to bluechew.com um and enter the promo code armchair and you will get your first shipment for free when you use a special promo code. Just pay the $5 shipping, and I want to thank my bookie. Obviously, you know the deal. They'll uh, double your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code chair at mybookie.ag. I would like to thank all of you who participated in fan feedback. I would like to uh, thank all of you for listening. Look, um, it's not easy watching your team get slaughtered three games in a row and then listen to a podcast about it. So, uh we thank you. Mm. We really do because you guys don't have to come here, but you you do. And we are not sure why yet, but um, we appreciate it. So truly, seriously. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I yes. want to thank James on guitar for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.